First things first, Heather, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. I'm really happy to be here in Amsterdam in this uh, incredible Gibson room surrounded by beautiful guitars and um, with this view of, of the river. It's amazing. It's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so where I want to start with is, and I, I know that it wasn't intentional uh, mm -hmm. that it was the 25th anniversary for you. Yeah. But uh, going back to, to Oyster, what are your memories of that time? Of Oyster? Yeah. Oh, wow. I just remember being like quite overwhelmed and excited to go into a proper studio for the first okay. time because I'd never done that before. And my, my sense was that I was getting to make an album and I kind of thought that would be it. Like I, I thought, wow, I get to make an album. I never, I never dreamed I would make another one and another one and another one. So it, it just felt like the most incredible privilege. Did you want to make more at that point? Well, I, I wasn't even thinking so far ahead. I was mm. just like, wow, I've written these songs and I get to record them. Um, okay. I was very much living in the present. And if we, uh, because you mentioned living in the present, do you, are you someone who's very much in the present? Yeah. Not, not looking back too much? Yeah, pretty much. Because when you started this album, uh, and then these songs came out, and then we get to the content uh, a little bit more in a minute, but what kind of... Uh, did it feel like, like back then, because you're working with the same people? Did it bring back memories? Did it kind of... Well, it was a really interesting combination, because I worked with the same producer that mm. I worked with um, on Oyster, and what I found fascinating was that it had been 25 years since we worked together, really since we'd seen each other. Okay. And so we both lived complete full lives since then, made lots of records, both of us. And so I thought we'd both be really different. But actually what struck me was how, you know, the essence of who you are is always the same. Mm. And uh, so I think it was just an enhanced um, experience working together because we had, we each had lots more experience and maybe we each knew our own um, individuality better and yet we still had that, um, that, that same sensibility that somehow came together, you know, youth is like a punk rock bassist mm. and uh, a really innovative producer and I'm the songwriter and the singer and somehow are very different personalities right. and musicalities come together in a way that creates just a very particular kind of rock, which has um, sensitivity but also edge. Mm. And, um, and I really am so happy with how it came out. Yeah, you mentioned kind of the rock element. So what was he able to draw, draw out of you in this process that, that you might have not have been able to by yourself? Um, well, I was very clear that I wanted to make uh, an album that rocked, that, that I wanted to go back to having guitars that, that had, you know, intensity and distortion and, and as well as beauty. And I wanted to bring the cello in as well. And youth brought elements like um, the twang, mm -hmm. uh, the twang guitar bass, which, which gave a real kind of dirtiness to it, which I love because... I think that's the juxtaposition that works so well with my music is I have a kind of, um, people say, a sort of etherealness to my vocal. And so when you have that juxtaposed with that gritty, dirty twang, 
um, and the the punchiness of of the bass and and the kind of um, yeah some dirty guitars and lots of slide and that's kind of the formula I think that really worked. So was there a particular reason? And the you... cello too. The but... cello adds this, you know that that's. Um, uh, harkening back to oyster as well, there was cello all over oyster, and that gives a sort of warmth and and beautiful bottom end um, that's very organic mm. to mix in with that the um, guitars and the, and the bass. Because was there a, a particular reason that you wanted to sound rocky? Yeah, I just felt it in my bones. Like I, I did this tour um, a year and a half ago, which was. Oyster. I played okay. the album from start to finish. I thought it would be nice to go back and play that record. And for the past few years, I'd been playing more kind of acoustic shows. My last record was quite folky Americana. And I wanted to play Oyster. And when I started playing the shows, it just felt so good to rock again and to have that intensity back that I realized I wanted to go back to my roots, so to mm. speak, and, and revisit that part of myself. Because it's like... Uh, I felt the fire in me, <laughs> you know, and I wanted to, to do it again. When were these, in what kind of space of time were these songs written? Because for me, there are kind of three, three separate stages uh, in it. Oh, really? Well, Tommy. kind of the, uh, the divorce, then, then kind of okay. uh, finding yourself again and then uh, finding new love. That, yeah, that's kind of, exactly. To me, to me, the arc through it. But um, right. were they written in kind of that? That chronological order as well. Well, it's funny because I there's you know there's been four um, four years since my last record, and so I was writing all that time. But sometimes I think the best songs come when you've had some distance from what mm. happened, and these songs were all written in the last year before okay. I recorded. Okay. So I probably wrote four albums worth of songs, but these ones were um, were written later. And uh, and you're right, it, it covers a wide range of of emotion and experience that was going on in my life. Um, so yeah, I went through uh, separation, divorce, and that was a pretty big deal because I'd been married for more than 20 years. Sure. Um, and the song that really is about that is the first song on the record, which is one of my favorite ones on the album. Mm. It's called The Wounds We Bled. And it's really a look at change, life change, even difficult change, as something positive. Because everything is a state of mind, right? You mm. can, you can, it's however you look at it. And I think that when you realize that you've made choices in your life, uh, even the painful ones, you've chosen that somehow, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, then you can, then you're able to accept, okay, I needed to do that. I needed to go through that pain in order to learn something or in order to grow or in order to just come out the other side and be filled with new um, life. And so that song is kind of, it's a kind of philosophical take on it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned uh, kind of you needed some time in between to kind of ref be able to step back and yeah. reflect. So how, how important was that time in between them from, I mean, where uh, Rewild Me, uh -huh. that kind of period of time, yeah. how important was that? Really important. It was really great to realize after being part of a couple for so long 
um, you know, there's a lot of fear around separation when you're, when you're with somebody. And when I realized that it was actually fine, and, and, I, and I actually started to realize there was a certain peace that I felt within myself. And I was reconnecting with myself and realizing I was okay and it felt good and that I could be in the world mm. on my own. And, and there were benefits to that. And I, that was when I wrote Rewild Me because it was really through my, my connection with, with nature, the natural world, that mm. I found this extra kind of peace you mentioned kind of uh, rediscovering, finding that uh, that peace, and and, and yeah. uh, one of the words that kind of I think you use in Rewild Me is um, uh, my animal part, the, yeah. the, the divine. So, so can you describe that a little? Yeah, bit? I'm fascinated by our our relationship with nature in the sense that we we have this animal part of ourselves. We are animals, mm. and yet we're so we're so far from that. We're so removed from that in our urban, technological lifestyles. Um, so that now there's even been these terms coined like rewilding and uh, earthing and grounding and people are running workshops in um, nature therapy. And, and it's like, it kind of blows my mind because it's like, well, this is just what we're naturally born to do. But it's a sign of the times that we've become so removed from that that we now need terminology and... Um, designated retreats to bring us back to that very uh, essential, very simple fact that we need that. Our souls cry out for that connection with nature, mm. and it is healing, and it is rejuvenating, and it does help us to remember who we are. And this, this transition, because obviously going through a, a separation, especially after such a long time, is, I can only imagine it's quite tough. So, so did it help, kind of? Uh, yeah, well, it's just the, the healing process, so to say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just about grounding, isn't it? It's about yeah. it's about breathing and just taking one step at a time. You know, it's that thing where I say you can you can be overcome with stress or anxiety, but if you just come right back to the now, to the present, and you realize I'm actually okay right now, mm. then that's good because that's all there really is is right now. And, and what, well, that's not very nice. But one, one thing that I, because uh, the song that kind of fits with, uh, with what you just mentioned is uh, See Yourself, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of my favorites. But, oh, um, thank you. Because, well, I'll just uh, start with the line because um, it's, you think everybody has got it made, but you can't see we're all in pieces. And mm -hmm. I really like that line. So, so yeah. where did that come from? Um, it's a song I wrote for my sister. And it's really you know, saying exactly that, that like, you know, we look around at other people and think that they have their shit together. Mm. And, and, you know, social media even makes that worse because everybody posts their shiny, happy pictures of themselves when they're looking at their best and life looks perfect for them. But everybody's got something. Everybody's, everybody's struggling. Everybody's dealing with some kind of pain or self-doubt. And I think the thing to, to recognize is that that's just... That's just part of being human. When you're broken, it's like you're able to to let the light in and and, um, and be real and be vulnerable. Because really, when you're vulnerable, that's when you're able to um, accept love and connection with other people. So, 
And then this is interesting because, uh, well, let me just go. We're kind of rushing through the songs, I feel, no a little problem. bit. But, um, because this kind of fits again with uh, you, uh, you words, then. Mm -hmm. Because I wrote down, sticks or stones uh, bruise my bones, but your words will save me. So you have to be that, that vulnerable part of you, but then people can also pick you up again. Yeah. So going through those, those different stages, and I, I don't know how long that was, a couple of years, I suppose. But, yeah. Uh, what was it like then, uh, first kind of recognizing, hey, I'm okay and then that's fine, but then also being happy again? Um, well, I think happiness comes in waves, doesn't it? You know, and that happiness to me is directly intertwined with gratitude. And I think, you know, so it's a state of mind. It's like, it's like last night I was taking a flight from Berlin and it was two hours sitting on the runway before the flight took off. And, you know, I could have been really pissed off about it. And for a minute I was. And then I started a conversation with the woman next to me and it turned out to be a really fascinating conversation. And I thought, okay, if we hadn't been stuck on the runway, I wouldn't have had that interaction. And then I, we arrive here at 1230 at night and I'm like, oh my God, I'm tired. I got to get up early for interviews. Why is Schiphol Airport so huge? And I'm walking and walking. And then I was like, no, you know what? This is great because I got no exercise today. This is going to help me sleep. So I, I think you, you, whatever situation you're in, if you can think of something to be grateful about it, you're going you're gonna to be happy. And that may sound a little bit like, I don't know, um, cliched advice. But for me, it really works. And like you mentioned earlier, it's 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 a matter of perspective in a way. We we, totally. we do uh, have the the ability to kind of look at certain things in a more positive light, or it yeah. kind of depends on what we ourselves want. Yeah. Um, so for for you, was there was there ever a really dark period, or oh, yeah. have you always been kind of? No, uh, no. Of course, I go through dark periods, and and for sure, getting divorced was was really intense and really hard. And not how, I, you know, I think it's hard because it's not what you necessarily had pictured happening in your life. And, and, and there's, there's a lot of fracturing that happens. It isn't just two people. It's like this mm. knock-on effect. It's like your, your extended families, everything is affected um, because the world that, that you had is split in two. And, and so, yeah, that's hard. It takes readjustment. And especially because, and you go quite personal on this record because uh, some things just come undone. It's, it's yeah. kind of trying to explain that to, to your son. And well, I wrote that song because, yeah, that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. You know, as a parent, your whole um, purpose and everything that you want to do is to protect mm. your child, to create a world for them that's safe and beautiful and... And when you're about to tell them that you're going to be shattering that world, it's the worst thing you can ever imagine having to do, mm. is you're telling your kid, I'm sorry, but this world is about to fall apart that I've worked so hard to create for you. And it's that also, I think, the reason I wrote that song or needed to write the song was it was this incredible conflict within myself I always want to be very truthful with mm. my child, very honest. And so I thought, well, do I, do I show him my emotion? Do I show him how much pain I'm in? Or do I, you know, remain strong mm. and for his sake? And I was really torn about which, 
which was best for him. And so I decided to put the song on the record because I felt that I'm probably not the only one who's gone through this um, very difficult task of, of having to present your child with this information. And, you know, so I hope that maybe it will resonate with other parents having to go through the same thing. And does it have a similar cathartic effect for you? Does it help you with kind of understanding and maybe getting new insights on? Um, well, yeah, song, by writing songs. Yeah, about songwriting it? is such a cathartic process mm. always for me. It's like a release. It's 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 sometimes the way that I figure myself out mm. because sometimes I start writing and I'm not even sure where the song's going to end up, and by the time I finished writing the song, I, I understand myself a little better. Is there maybe something, and <clears throat> maybe this is too philosophical or, or vague, but that you've kind of discovered about yourself after having made Pearl? Kind of uh, um, hmm. that you didn't realize about yourself before? I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I, it was just a, a great experience, and I, I guess maybe I discovered that I, I still have a lot of rock and roll in me. Mm. <laughs> you know, I went to see Patti Smith live okay. at the Paradiso um, a couple years ago, or maybe it was a year ago, I can't remember when it was. And that was really inspiring to me because mm. she's in her 70s and she still has that fire in her soul. And, and it was as if it was 1972 or something, you know, that she rocked with the same intensity. And it, it, it was a good reminder that that never that never has to fade. Right. And with that in mind then, because you mentioned uh, in the beginning of this interview kind of enjoying uh, playing songs and kind of rocking out a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know how far you are in the process, but have you played the songs live yet? No. I mean, I played them, just the acoustic versions, a couple times uh, last year at an acoustic festival. But no, we're going we're gonna to start doing that. Um, the tour is in October. Mm. I have one festival in Leuven, in Belgium, and so we'll play some of the new songs there with the band. Um, but I'm really looking forward to playing this live. Yeah, what are your um, expectations? This, this might not be the right word, but kind of your, your what are your thoughts on, on being able to present these songs to new songs to an Oh, I'm excited to do it. I, I mean, I think they'll work great live, the mm. songs, yeah. And is that something you keep in mind as you write them as well? Well, with this, no, I mean, when, when I write a song, I'm really pretty much in just the pure writing place. Um, but when we're recording the songs, when we're arranging them, yes, I'm thinking about how it's going to sound live, for sure. Okay. Final question then, the album is called Pearl. Mm -hmm. When did that title come to you? So it wasn't until I was writing the songs and realizing that I was going to be releasing them this year, I realized, wow, that's 25 years since Oyster, which sounded like a great kind of anniversary year mm -hmm. kind of thing. So um, I thought, well, you know, naming an album is always quite tricky for me. And I thought, well, what happens in an oyster after 25 years? If you're lucky, <laughs> you find a pearl. And what I liked about that metaphor was that pearls are formed really from sand and grit. You know, so it's not, it doesn't start out something pretty. It's from all the experience over the years, the good and the bad. And hopefully it all forms to make a pearl. On that note, Heather, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.